So Blake Tanner, we're fighting the podcast Illuminati. We're fighting the baddest of the bad. And we're talking about people who like to... They talk about negativity. They do news shows where they discuss the bad things in the world. I think this week, we need to spread a little positivity. No bad news. No politics. Just positivity. Just talking about things we love. Oh, so we're going to do another D&D episode. <laughs> and Emily's right here. No, no, no. Yeah, I figured we could just do it. All. I, I don't think I've ever seen this. Like a show and tell podcast where we just talk about things we love. It's never been done okay. before. No, Scotty. As a matter of fact, that sounds wonderful. That's, that's a very rad concept. Well, it's radish. It's not very rad. But it's a radish concept. Oh, this bit didn't sound contrived at all. <laughs> Welcome to a load of BS, ladies and gentlemen, the show that does not negotiate with pessimists. I am your host, Scotty Moore. And I am your Optipessa Supermist extraordinaire, Blake Tanner. He's just everything. He's an ist boy. I am all the ists. Communist. Wait, no, hold on. Socialist. That one's kind of true, actually, but you know. Don't tell the president. Nope. This is um, president who is a nationalist. As we wait, hold on. We we've been two minutes into the show where we're not going to talk about politics or negative things, and we've already brought up the president. But I'm the. I was going to do a whole math presentation because I'm a math mathsist, and um, I was going to show you the square root of fuck Trump. (laughs) Damn it, Blake. Uh, So how you been, buddy? I've been good. How about you? I've been fantastic. I had a great day. Got to go to the McWayne Center and the Chuck E. Cheese with my girlfriend and her son. Oh, that's fun. And I've never gotten to enjoy Sawbones as much as I did today. Because it was the only podcast we could listen to. Oh, yeah, because it's, yeah. Because it's, like, family-friendly, but we did listen to the one where Justin's talking about his vasectomy. So, like, he's in the back, and Sydney's just talking about, like, and then the penis is, the penis will no longer produce semen after this. And I'm like, I can't wait till he goes home and tells the rest of his family about this. Ma, what's a vasteferin? <laughs> What's the best, Everett? So, before we get into the big things we like, before we get into the big show and tell, let's just do, let's just do some pick me ups and shout em outs section where we. It's something that we knew we couldn't talk a lot about today. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, and well, first one I want to bring up, and I think we've probably discussed ASMR as a joke on the show, but never just discussed. How fucking awesome ASMR is. Oh, yeah. I've fallen asleep to ASMR a lot. Like, it's a legit thing. There's a reason we joke about it. My favorite ASMR story involving us was the first time I think I ever showed you ASMR. Because it's a weird thing to share between friends. 
It is. And I knew about it beforehand. There were just some aspects of it that I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I can actually get into this. And I remember the video. It was a cranial nerve exam by a, a lovely lady who's no longer on the internet named ASMR Aret. And my favorite was looking over here and you were literally doing the cranial nerve exam. Like, I can see your eyes following her finger, and she's like, now smile. And then you smiled, and then it was... You gotta fucking get into it. That's the whole point of ASMR. (laughs) And then at one point, my roommate at the time, Sean, walks in. Hey. And we don't say a word, because we're just so relaxed. He walks by the TV. I guess that's what y'all are doing today, then. I'm gonna go to my room. That sounds about par for the course for Sean. I went to high school with him. Yeah, but the reason I bring up ASMR is because of a great fundraiser that one of my favorite ASMR artists, Jellybean Green, is doing. Uh, she was probably like one of my first ASMR artists I got like super obsessed over. Um, and I, the only one I support on Patreon. I, su- I love a lot of them, but she's the only one who's ever gotten my support. And she's doing a fundraiser. She does like an annual fundraiser. And it's kind of like the max fun donations where you get access to, like, exclusive content. And so she's got a fundraiser going right now. They've already raised over $2,000. Jesus Christ, Jellybean. And if you donate now, you get exclusive, like, ASMR videos from a shit ton of ASMR artists. And all that money goes to uh, getting ASMR out to impoverished communities. (laughs) Damn it, now I actually have to figure out what they're donating to, Blake. <laughs> I was just... I'm surprised you didn't have that in the chamber. Normally people will say what their fundraiser is for. It, it, well, they it's on here. It's just so far away from me. It is, uh, they're raising funds for the nonprofit interview series, Special Books by Special Kids. And Aww. if you donate, you get an exclusive link to donors-only YouTube playlist of ASMR videos. And you can find the CrowdRise campaign at CrowdRise.com slash Jellybean. It's going to be the first campaign you see underneath her name there. So that's one of my pick-me-ups this week. Cool. Is a lovely uh, campaign. Do you want to know what mine is? Yes. Fucking nerds. <laughs> Uh, this, the, and I'm talking about, of course, the wonderful candy. Yeah. Um, now by Nestle, you know, it used to be, um, as featured as one of the OG Willy Wonka brands when they did Willy Wonka candy. Well, Um, the weird reason, the reason why I'm laughing because you bring that up is the fact that I taught Emily's son how to read the word nerds earlier today. And it was weird being like, nah, nerds. And then teaching him how to read out nerds. So that's why I was like, oh shit, okay. That does sound like a loaded... Anyway, the best thing that I think about nerds that I've kind of grown up with is the fact that my favorite flavor is the strawberry-flavored nerds. I don't like strawberry-flavored anything. Yeah. These bad boys, though, they are tangy, they are sweet, and the fun-sized nerds, Mm -hmm. they are the perfect size to just open up and down it like a shot of nerds. You do. You just take a shot of them. And they've got a real, like... It's one of those candies that I know you're specifying flavor. It's one of the ones that I cannot tell the flavor between that much. Oh, oh, oh my boy. There's a vast and wide <laughs> gap between flavors and nerds. 
Even... I just always get like sugar and tang, and it's always good. Oh, but see, you got to pull the notes out of the tang. <laughs> so get... wait, now much like a wine connoisseur, you're now just like I've had so many, so many different things. Now listen, wine tasting is bullshit. Nerds is where it's at. Um, <laughs> these boxes, like. And I will say, even the big boxes of nerds that are like the the rainbow nerds, mm. you get them, you get a handful of those, and I'm like, ah, oh, there's so many green ones in here. I'm not gonna like it because it's got too many green nerds in it. Yeah. Now, Blake, what would you pair with a steak? What kind of nerds would you pair with a steak? Nerds that I would pair with a steak, probably the lemon flavored nerds. You don't see them very much in their own packaging, mm-hmm. um, but they would normally be. In the double-sided nerds boxes with lemon and cherry, oh, I believe. Shit, I didn't expect you to bust this nut so hard, real quick, <laughs> off nerds. Um, in the chat, Octavia Memories says she tried pumpkin pie flavored milk for the first time today. Not oh, disappointed. That? Holy shit, huh. that sounds really interesting. Now, um, pumpkin pie does sound like something that would pair really well with a creamy milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now going back to. My next small, I was about to call it a small wonder, but that's from a completely different show. My next pick-me-up. And I guess it does go along with, like, pumpkin pie and the changing of the seasons. And since it's starting to finally get cold in Alabama, I can talk about that good, good cold stink. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. It's cold fresh air. No, like... it's uh, during summer. It don't smell like this. No, because the uh, the smells from the humidity in the air as everything is being heated up. It kind of takes away, um, makes it. It actually dampens your smell receptors. Citation needed, but I think that's why you don't get that fresh air feeling. Well, luckily for you, Blake, I did Google why cold air smells different, and apparently, one reason: odor molecules move much more slowly as the air temperature drops. That means there are simply fewer smells to smell on a cold, crisp day than there are on a hot and humid one, which supports the theory that me and one of my friends from work came to, and. Because we, our workplace is like right by the septic plant or near it. And we're like, during the summer, that hot, hot air is heating up all the stink and it's getting in the air and floating over. During the winter months, it just gets to stay where it needs to be. So, yeah. It's the, like a nice little blanket of cold. Yeah, it's so good, dude. I love, I love the smell of cold. I do. This is the first time. This room that I'm in now, probably in my life that I've had a window that I could just open, that's not like a chore to open, or not the fact that I lived in a basement where there was no windows. Yeah. And now you just kind of, I get that feeling of, you know, it feels real nice outside, it's kind of crisp, just open that stuff up, let that air in. I (laughs) Let it in! Let it in. So what else have you got? I need some more tiny wonders. Tiny. Well, you're calling them. Hold on. Pick me ups. Pick me ups or shout me outs. There we go. Um, One of mine is the fact that I live in Bumblefuck, Egypt. Yes. Um, Middle of nowhere, Alabama. But that also means that as I was pulling up to my house yesterday and it was getting dark, on my driveway, I saw six deer 
just chilling. Fucking sick. some grass. Yeah. When you started this, I was definitely like, oh, this has to be about a deer. And then you lapped on the six. Holy shit. Yeah, there was a whole group of them. They're like a little, there's a deer family. They were out just in my front yard. And as my car came up, they all looked up in unison. And then, you know, they just pranced away like deer do. They were coming to get the cold stink. They were like, we need some of the good Tanner, the yep. Tanner household cold stink. <laughs> and you can see, you can watch them just like popping in and out of the woods every now and again. There are wild turkeys that just prance around in my backyard. And I can see them from my uh, porch that the door is right there behind me. It's in it's in those big curtains if you're looking on the camera. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a glass door that leads out to the patio. Yeah. I can watch fucking everything from there. And now I guess the final pick-me-up, and this one is also a shout-me-out, is in reference to our good, good boy Tom McGuire, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. They finally released the Ballad of MC Sick Boy, and like I said before the show, Blake, I like it more than Ric Flair. It's probably their best song to date. It's a fantastic... They have a couple of other songs on their YouTube that I've listened to, um, and I can't remember the name of them right now, but MC Sick Boy is definitely like... There's such a quality in that song that I think... Yeah. When we were talking about it earlier... You know, when you sing the song about Ric Flair, you definitely have the name recognition, but you're a little bit more restrained in what you can actually sing about. This is completely 100% original off the dome from these dudes, and it's great. All right, yeah, and I think before we get into the next section, we got to give them a little taste of the Ballad of MC Sick Boy by Tom McGuire and the Brassels. All right, Blake, do you want to go first in the in the good positive show and tell, or do you want me to go first? Um, well, you know what my first thing is. Which one would you think would be fit, would fit better? Um, I'll let you go first. I'll let you All go right. first. My first thing is the wonderful video game known as Stardew Valley. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> um... Because I've been playing this game a lot recently. Whenever this time of year rolls around, like yeah. late October, early November. I was about I, to say, it does feel like a seasonal game. It, yeah, something about like the cold and like these temperatures watching the leaves fall. It really just makes me want to play this game. Because I think part of it is it's such a calming experience. Like it's... A, relaxational almost the way that i play it yeah it's, um, it's cold stink in game form mm-hmm. and i think that's because it allows you a lot of freedom so hold on let me read a little bit about it okay in stardew valley the player takes the role of a character who to get away from the hustle of an office job takes over their deceased grandfather's dilapidated farm in a place known as stardew valley now this is the kind of game where it plops you into a completely new place. It's obvious your character's motivations is to get away from the big city. You are kind of out in the middle of nowhere in this small town, and you're given this 
horrible looking like junk farm that's overgrown with trees and weeds and that is your canvas that you get to turn into your own. I will say, I think probably my favorite thing about it is the framing of you're trying to get away from like the hustle and bustle of life. And it's it's not only what's happening in the game, it's almost like you were saying earlier. It's almost like what's happening in reality. <laughs> exactly. Because I think what this game offers you is a lot of freedom. So it was designed and developed everything from the animations, the art, even the music by this one man, um, Eric Baron Barone. I don't know how to say his Ray, last name. Ray Barone. Everybody loves him. His um, Twitter handle and his online screen name is Concerned Ape. And that's what I'm going to call him. Okay. Good old Concerned Ape. Um, but it's a, it's essentially a simulation game that's inspired by an older, uh, series of games called Harvest Moon. Oh, and yeah, yeah. in the Harvest Moon games, it's basically the same thing that we talked about. You have a farm and you can either grow crops on that farm. You can, uh, herd animals. You can have a barn, a chicken coop. You get to know the people in town. You spark up relationships and friendships. You see how those develop across the years. And as those friendships grow, you even have the opportunity to marry or date um, some of the town members. And all of these things you can do in Stardew Valley, but you're not bound by any time frame. Like the years and the seasons go by and you can do as much or as little as you want on your own schedule. So there are some bits where, you know, you can do farming as your whole thing. Or you could say, fuck that. I want to make wine for the rest of my whoa, days. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did not know you could make wine in this game, my boy. Oh, yeah. You get a keg. Certain fruits make wine. Hops make beer. Um, honey makes uh, mead. You can, there is um, an exploration like in combat style or um, almost like mini game within a game that you can play in the mines. Oh, yeah. So there's a series of mines and you get from the top floor to the bottom and there are monsters and stuff that you have to fight and you have to upgrade your weapons and stuff. So if you like that kind of game, you can do that. You can fish, you can Well, I mean, that's forage. what I, that's what I was going to bring up is the fact that you called it a mini game within a game. That was the game for me, was going through the mines, because the I haven't played it a lot, because the only way I was able to play it was through Steam Share and stealing it from you. I remember that. And um, I remember playing it one night on stream with... And the only person there was uh, Miss Jenny Side, one of our lovely patrons. And she guided me till, like, five in the fucking morning on a quest... Because, for those of you who don't know, my my lovely girlfriend is named Emily and has bright blue hair. I look in the game. Oh, look! There's a character named Emily that works in the tavern, yes, with bright blue hair. I must marry her. So I stayed up till five in the morning, going through the mines, trying to find the perfect, like, gemstones to give her to up the hearts. Until we finally got married at, like, 6 a.m., and that's that's all the game. It, it's really a game that you make the game for yourself. 
Like, if you want to build the best farm, that can be what you want. If mm-hmm. you want, like me, to marry a certain character, that's your game. But it the game changes from day to day. It does. And I think that that is why it's been such a well-received um, game. I was looking up some metrics. Within two months of its original release um, a couple years ago, it had sold over a million copies. Yeah. Um, it released on the Switch in October of last year, which was the same year that the Switch was released. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the year, it was the most downloaded game on the Switch. Yeah, it, um, it's a fantastic game. Like, I love it to death. No. And like you said, um, building and planning things, you can do so much of that. Your house, um, you can plan all the furniture. You can buy furniture. You can move it around like it's nothing. You can put windows in and take them out on the fly. Like, there's this... One of the first memories that I have of this game is walking around the inside of my house, going up to the window and seeing, like, the icon change. And I thought... Oh, can I look out the window? Is he gonna like have a pop up to say what the weather looks like? And no, he just grabbed the window off the wall. He just ripped the window <laughs> away. Um, and online there are pages and pages and pages of people who have posted the full XML file of what their farms look like and hours of just designing the perfect layout for their farms. It is such a game that like it scratches a lot of the itches that Minecraft did early on in the ways that you can design and build things or um, like an, um, a harvest moon or a um, animal crossing, animal crossing. That's it. Thank you. And I love it. Yeah. I also, mean, well, I was going to say, I re- the reason why I love Stardew Valley so much is the fact that not all, if you're a gamer, like you it's almost like a GTA which is a weird game to compare it to but with GTA it's a matter of if you're a story driven player you can play through a very enthralling story in GTA and there's a very enthralling like a bunch of stories and quests and stardew that you can go through but if you're an explorer sandbox kind of guy it also scratches that itch as well it like you said it no matter what you want going into it it will give you something you just have to search for it and one of the most requested things since the game was released was, of course, multiplayer compatibility. Yeah. Which finally released on Windows earlier this year. So you can now um, run your own servers with your friends and you all have this farm that you get to just play on together. Mm-hmm. And, like, multiplayer is one of the f- biggest frontiers for this game because now... You can do it with other people. Oh, yeah. All right. Now let's get into my thing for this first little segment. And it's hard to – I'm going to preface this with it's hard for me to get into television shows. And I've talked about this on Fun Fiction a lot. It's hard for me to get into television shows unless there's a purpose. That's the whole reason the show Fun Fiction was created was so I – was able to go out and watch season two of Stranger Things and not feel like I'm wasting my time. To watch the full Harry Potter series and not feel like I'm wasting my time. And other than Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, which is a completely separate thing, that I honestly could do a whole podcast about Kitchen Nightmares at this point. 
Lord. Um, I found a show, because re- I, I was going to do Gravity Falls, because I love Gravity Falls, but we've already done a fun fiction. It didn't feel right. I needed something new. I needed something fresh. And then Thursday, me and Emily were hanging out. She was watching iZombie or something like that. And she goes, yeah, you can change it. I go, okay. And I just scrolled down until I found the curious creations of Christine McConnell. Interesting. And I binged. It's only six episodes, so it's not hard to binge. I binged the whole show in one day. Like, we were supposed to, like, go out and do things. And I was like, no, 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 you you stay here. We're about to watch it. Because it appeals to, and I hate to play the 90s kid card, but it feels very much like a 90s show because there's, like, puppets and a lot of weird stuff, but they've kind of brought it into the 2000s with this darkness. So, essentially what the show is, it's hard to explain, which is probably why I like it so much, but it takes you into the home of Christine McConnell, who in the show owns, like, this kind of refuge for monsters and creatures. And it's part, like, kind of weird, dark sitcom, and part, like, Paula Deen's home cooking. I've heard that before. Yeah. I've heard that it's um, kind of um, a cooking show merged with kind of more of an absurdist element with... Uh, puppets from, and I just found this out, it's from a subsidiary of the Jim Henson Company. Yeah, they're Jim Henson puppets. And yeah. so she lit the main three you really get to see are Edgar, who's introduced in the first episode, and Edgar's like this massive kind of wolf creature who's very dumb, but got a really adorable. There is um, Rose, who... I guess a stink rat? Like, there's no good way to describe Rose. But essentially, like Rose... an actual rat or a skunk? She's a skunk, and um, she was killed in a trash compactor. Then Christine gets her and then puts her back together and remakes her Frankenstein style. And, like, it... My favorite thing with Rose is, A, she's the best character because she's kind of just this weird old pervert who's, like, hitting on people. There's an episode where one of the neighbors come by and complain about her, like, fucking the gnome in the front yard. (laughs) And she's just got, like, she has a fork for a hand, and she's just, like, rubbing the fork against the gnome. Lord. But as the show goes on, you kind of get a connection to her because she's treated like McConnell's baby. Like, Rose is her baby. So, you like, there's a episode where they all forgot her birthday but really they're making her like a giant cake shaped like rose and at the end of the episode she's like rocking rose to sleep in her own little crap nest like good night and it's it's really sweet which i enjoy and then finally there is rankle who is an old egyptian cat and any any chance to make reference to the fact that they were once worshipped as gods, Rankle takes it. Like, there's a scene where someone's holding an axe about to kill them, and Rankle's like, I was a god! I was worshipped! And she just interrupts, well, looks like you're dying first! I, I've never actually seen any of the puppets from this show, and I'm looking at them, and it is buck wild. 
Oh, they're fantastic, my boy. I love, and none of them they didn't try because I feel like, as we saw in Super Babies Two Baby Genius or Baby Geniuses Two Super Babies, when you try too hard to match up a mouth to words, it gets weird and creepy. And in this show, they literally do the classic up and down, like, puppet motion. And at first, it's kind of odd, because it's like 2018, so you feel like they should have done better. But no, this is what needed to be done. Yeah, I think that... And that's a classic, like, Henson Company thing. Yeah. They haven't deviated from that style, because I think that trying too hard to... Make it look better actually makes it look worse in a lot of these cases. But uh, the show reminded me a lot of... I know I've talked on the show about Aurelio Voltaire, one of my favorite artists, musicians. He did a series on YouTube called Gothic Homemaking, which is kind of like this dark, demented look into homemaking. So he's like, I'm painting my walls this lavender and then putting black highlights everywhere. And it looks amazingly gothic. But... When you throw that much goth at something, it starts to take away. It starts to look, pardon like the joke, it looks all black. Like there's no definition to it. And my favorite thing about this is the fact that Christine plays like this perfect um, shit. Who's the old school cooking lady? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, uh, like a Paula Dean. Oh, uh, or... no, no, Julia Child. Child, she, though, she has that. this very upright, studious Julia Child esque demeanor, and she's super sweet. And it like it parallels so well with how dark and demented everything is going around her. And it almost has like an ASMR quality when she's describing how she makes her cakes. Like she'll be describing like making a bone that she's just like, and then you want to put pock marks in it because. If you look at an actual bone up close, you'll see there are these little divots in it. And we're going to add something like right here to make sure it looks really like grotesque. And I'm like, yes, this is perfect. Like it felt tailor made for me. I think there's something to be said about. um, And I think this is a making. I don't know if it was ever really a big thing. So I don't know if it's a comeback is the appropriate term for it, but. Taking these classic style shows, like this is kind of more of a home cooking, like you're in her kitchen, um, she's showing you how to make these dishes and stuff, but also adding in complete absurd qualities to it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes supernatural, sometimes ethereal, and it's still just being in the minds of the main characters, their day-to-day lives, and they take it completely seriously is something that I love to see in a show. Well, one of my favorite things about... the My favorite running gag in it... And it's it's a joke that shouldn't be good. But they've made it good. And it's the cliche of, like, she turns to the camera and is like, Christmas time is a great time to start making presents for friends. And then, like, Rankle will look at the camera. Who is she talking to? <laughs> And But every time they do it, it gets better and better. Like, one time, uh, Rose is there, and it's, who is she talking to? 
And she keeps talking, and then finally Rose is like, who the hell are you talking to? And it's the first, like, pseudo-swear dropped in the show, and it made me laugh so hard. Another thing uh, I found on the internet people bringing up is this show has a plot. Like, it's not a... You know, we make, like, a Ouija board that looks like a cookie in this episode. We make a dress in one episode. There's, like, an actual through line that all comes to a head in the last episode, and it's so satisfying to see pay off. Like, it's fantastic. Oh, I'm gonna have to give that a... I'm gonna have to give that a watch. It's It's been on my radar, but... I was fixing to say, it's only six episodes, it's three hours... I've almost binged it twice since Thursday. I... I got home Saturday after work and was like, hey, let me show you guys this show I watched. It was really cool. Awesome. We got four episodes in before I was like, wait, hold on. I have to go edit Fun Fiction. I have to leave. Oh, y'all have fun. Y'all have fun. Finish it, though. It's so good, right? Oh. Yeah. It was like a callback to those old school 90s, like Jim Henson puppet teaching shows, like almost like a Beekman's world, but even better. Like, it's mm-hmm. so fantastic. I even see some, like, Tim Burton-esque qualities in some of the things, like, the practical effects, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's what it was remind me. You could tell me, like, you could show me the first couple of episodes of this show after watching Beetlejuice, and I'd be like, yeah, these are the same thing. All right. Now, Blake, before we discuss our last things, would you like to go beg for money? Uh, yes. Money, please. <laughs> So Blake Tanner, the show this week is brought to you by Audible. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Audible.com. Blake, it's a website. It's a website? It's a- I, it sounds like it's an Audible. It, we're calling it an Audible to talk about Audible. It's a website where you can hear people just, like, talk to you, but it's a book. Talk but book at talk audible.com. So I don't have to read books anymore is what you're saying. No, yeah, that's exactly it, dude. You know all that bullshit reading you have to do? All you have to do now is go to Audible, specifically audibletrial.com slash bsnetwork, and you can get a 30-day trial of people just reading shit to you, including me. I will read you my books. Queasel Corp, Queasel Corp Risen, and I just got the email the other day. BS versus the Gods is available on the website, and you can listen to it for free. So all you people out there who are like, well, we can't afford merch, we can't afford to pay the Patreon, this is free to you. It supports us. You get a free audiobook. So why why are you waiting? Just go to audibletrial.com slash bsnetwork and get you a free 30-day trial, ladies and gentlemen. Um, now, Blake... If people did want to support us, though, is there somewhere that they could do that? Mm, you mean in a more monetary sense, like on a monthly recurring basis, maybe? Yes. I think that they should go to patreon.com slash a load of BS. Patreon.com? That is, that, what's that? Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. It is a place where you can become a patron of stuff that you like and stuff that you want to support. So you can sign up for patreon.com. You can go to our BS Network page and you can follow us. You can become a patron. It could be as little as 
just donating a dollar a month to set it up. It's just an automatic donation. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, a dollar or more, what does that get them? Well, I believe a dollar or more gets you access to our exclusive BS Discord where you can hang out. We chat all the time. We talk. But if they donate more, like say me like five dollar, we'll buy a lot tree fitty. And a tree fitty get them. I want to set up a tree fitty one so bad. Oh, the Loch Ness Monster exclusive. (laughs) Oh. Anyways, now what's five dollars though? Oh man, five dollars. That. I don't even know. You're on the website, and I can see you. You're scrolling. Um, Scotty, this says that you get entered into the quarterly BS raffle. What is that? That's uh, something we're going to start up now, which is <laughs> we're going to have a raffle, and we're going to start giving away awesome stuff. The first one's going to be in December, I think, and we're going to be giving out a free BS t-shirt to one of our patrons, and then, of course, if you donate any amount, Blake, you get shouted out on the show every single week, like the Patreon Saint Deborah Moore, Scott Moore, like Miss Jenny Side, or if you don't want to get shouted out here, you can choose the show of your choice, Fight Boys Fun Fiction. We all love to shout you out over there on Mer- or on Patreon.com slash load of BS, but I... Um, and I do hope, by the way, that... I can say this right now in that this will hopefully only be a limited thing for us um, because if we get more people donating, that's going to be a lot of names every week. No, I'm going to turn it into a freestyle rap every single week. Oh boy, you're going to get a pokey rap Patreon. Yep. And then, of course, I had a slip of the tongue there talking about merch.aloadofpurebs.com, but that's a website where you can get merchandise for all your favorite shows. There's We got BS merch. We got... Wait, hold on. Wait, Blake, I'm on the website right now, and um, did the... Did, did you log into the website or something while I was gone? No, I haven't. I was just getting my next thing to uh, show off for the website, or that I bought from the website. Why? What's going on? Um, it looks like the podcast Illuminati have put up a fucking shirt on our website. It says, join the podcast. Blake, what the fuck? Okay, here's the important question. Are we still getting paid for that shirt? I, uh, wait, hold on, let me, no, we actually are. We are getting paid for it, so we may be, that's gonna be good. Oh, okay, that's fine. I guess if you're a horrible person, buy a podcast Illuminati shirt. But if you're a good person who likes to drink, get the official BS Network boozy sippy cup that Blake Tanner's holding right now. It's so good. It's like a big, like, insulated wine glass. Uh, You could use it as a tumbler. You can put whatever you want in it. It doesn't have to be booze. I could put Dr. Pepper in it, but still, it's just <laughs> great... But still, I'm going to put booze in it. I'm going to put it in with the Dr. Pepper, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's all available to you at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Okay, Blake, we're, on t- we're in the home stretch, as it were. Let's bring it home with some good, good shit. What have you brought for segment two? Oh, no. I doubt. Hold on. Why are you? What? (laughs) Because you know what? We've talked about one of my favorite games in life. I've talked about 
one of the most inspiring and beautiful pieces of music I've ever listened to. Yeah, but hold on, the way you're pitching this, I was just like, bring us home with something positive, and then you start laughing, I'm like, is Blake's second thing murder? He's just like, I love killing things. It's great, because my third thing is summed up by the age-old adage, once you pop, you can't stop, bad boy, it's Pringles. (laughs) Yeah, baby, Pringles! These chips, my boy. Oh, Pringles are something that they're they have been with me since as long as I can remember. One of my earliest member rememberies. It's getting late, y'all. Um, one of my earliest memories of having Pringles is at my grandmother's house, and she would always have Cheezum's flavored Pringles, and those are the snacks that I could eat the whole fucking tube um were you a uh, duck person were you one of the people a duck boy i was a duck boy oh yeah what salty frank asks have we seen the extra i have they make extra extra long long cans of pringles your extra long pringles um okay pringles was founded in around the late 1950s It, it wasn't founded it was a procter and gamble um idea so they assigned a task to chemist Frederick Bauer to create a new kind of potato chip Yeah, that addressed consumer complaints about broken, greasy, and stale chips, as well as chip bags. So they decided to put them in a fucking so pan. Bauer, this chemist, helped with, he said in um, an interview, he can't remember the dude's name, um... But they created the formula for the what they call the potato flour that Pringles are made from. I was thinking that because Pringles are not technically potato chips; they're reconstituted oh, potato shit. We will get into that later, my boy. Oh, is there like a like? Did Congress take session and be like, ta-ta-ta? On Someone this day, did. we declare Pringles to be potato chips. Um, you don't get ahead of me now. Um, <laughs> so, what they did was they created this new way of building chips. They would mix this potato flour up, as they called it, lay it out super thin on a huge sheet on a conveyor belt, have a special device in the shape of what is known as a hyperbolic paraboloid, cut the chips out, cook them with a particular curve, and then put them into these specially designed tubes. Hold on. Whoa, hold on. I'm going to take umbrage with the phrase specially designed tubes because it's a fucking tube. There's not much special about it. This was the late 50s. Tubes were all the rage. <laughs> no, they were a new thing at that point. They were undiscovered country. The There is a report that they used supercomputers at the time, which is probably less processing power than my vape. Um, Still to, the most buck wild thing I've ever heard is the fact that Pringles were made with supercomputers. Super, and they developed the perfect shape. For these little chip boys. 
Now, the fact, Salty Frank asks, the fact that they are built in a hyperbolic time chamber, are Pringles basically Goku? They are the Goku of chips, yes. Yes! Um, They they trained under 500 times Earth gravity. To make the perfect snack for you. It's fucking like a Lay's potato chip, and then Pringles is on the other side, but then it takes off all of its weighted training gear. It's like, let's play. Um... Now, one of my favorite stories that I would read is the um the where the name Pringles came from. Okay. One theory is that Mark Pringle, who filed a US patent titled Methods and Apparatuses for Processing Potatoes in 1937 is where they got the name. Okay. Another says that Pringles there's a st- Street in Cincinnati, I believe. Yeah, in Cincinnati, called Pringle Drive. Okay. Apparently, one of the employees lived on, and they're like, Pringles, that's a good name. Let's do that. Now, the only other story that I can find that is not really Buck Wild, but do you know what the name of the Pringles mascot is? The the good boy on the front it's, with his mustache? It's Mr. Pringle, isn't it? Oh, no, sir. What? His full name is Julius Pringles. That's right. Oh, And his cousin, Orange Julius Pringles, owns Pringles. a juice stand in the mall. <laughs> oh. Now, here we get into... Originally, they were known as Pringles Newfangled Potato Chips... But other snack manufacturers at the time, they were like, nuh-uh, this ain't a potato chip. This does not meet the designs and definitions of a potato chip. Um, at the time, in 1975, they ruled that Pringles could only use the word chip in their production names within the following phrases. Potato chips made from dried potatoes um, faced with such unpalatable Old names, Pringles eventually opted to rename their potato product Crisps instead of Chips. Oh, that's what it is. They're Crisps. Um, in July 2008, the London High Court P&G lawyers um, from Procter & Gamble successfully argued that Pringles were not Crisps, even though they were labeled as Crisps on the containers and the potato content was only 42% <laughs> and their shape... <laughs> Is not found in nature. My goof was right. My goof was correct. Um, this means that at the time, um, these chips were not subject to the same taxes that other potato chips were in the European Union. I didn't even consider taxes. Um. <laughs> However, that has recently been overturned, and that means that they had to pay the taxes. I wonder if Yoo-Hoo tried to pull some weird <laughs> bullshit like that. Because you know Yoo-Hoo tries its best to be like, we're not chocolate, chocolate milk, we're milk. a chocolate-flavored drink. But isn't there, like, milk involved in Yoo-Hoo? I feel like there's dairy in Yoo-Hoo. There is dairy. There is enough that it's like, mmm... Okay. They're like, we're trying to beat the English government. Scotty, do you know some, um, what's, what's your favorite flavor of Pringles? I hate to say it, I'm a plain man, Blake. I'm a plain Pringle boy. You are a shitlord. 
No, plain's good. I enjoy plain. Yeah. Um, it's just a good ch- plain chip to eat, honestly. Yeah. Well, they're good and they're f- like, um, they're fun. It's, yeah. It's weird. There's like, they're not like bugles where the fun seems too shoehorned in. Like, they're fun in like a natural way. Yeah. Because once you pop, the fun don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, other favorite flavors are, of course, the barbecue flavor. Their cheddar cheese flavor, which up until a few years ago was known as Cheesums. I don't know why they took the Cheesums away, because that was one of the best fucking names. Oh, yeah. Um, but cheddar and sour cream, French onion. Oh, you're getting Hold emotional on. over it, I can tell. The yeah, price. super. And salt and vinegar, which is a great flavor, and... This is not listed on the favorites for obvious reasons, but do you know what my favorite flavor of Pringle is, Scotty? Do you have it in your hand right now? I do. Oh, reveal. Where's the reveal? Pizza. Pizza. Cheese. Cheese. Pizza. Did you get into the weird Pringles flavor mixing they tried to pull off a few months back? I did see that. I never got into it because I never felt it because there are some of their limited editions like Cheeseburger, yeah. Um, huh? Uh, chili con queso and chili y limon and stuffed baked potato. Which Salty Frank asks, yep. why is that even a flavor? Uh, screaming dill pickle. There we go. Yeah. And their recent, their most recent foray, tortilla Pringles. Now that actually sounds really fucking good. That come in original flavor nacho cheese, southwestern ranch, zesty salsa, and a black bean flavored. I have eaten the zesty salsa, and it is one of the best tortilla chip experiences I've had in my life. That's good. I, I need to try one of those. Do you have any like food, like snacks, like a Pringle that you ate as a kid that got discontinued? Because this whole conversation, like, talking about the Cheezums not existing anymore, is making me remember yeah. Twigs. Did you ever have Twigs? I do remember Twigs. Twigs were fucking fa- They were like a cheesy sesame stick, and they don't exist anymore, and it makes me really yeah. sad. I know um, they still technically exist, but I think they're only sold in Canada and in extreme northern states. But what were they called? Dunkers? Dunkos? Oh, Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos were fucking bomb. I'm surprised that there's not been, like, an internet upheaval to get Dunkaroos back yet. We managed to bring back the Beefy Crunch Burrito to Taco Bell, but we haven't got Dunkaroos back. Internet, up your fucking game. I'm just saying. Let's get us some Dunkaroos up here so I can eat them with my Pringles and be a kid again. Yeah. Scotty, do you want to know what some other great Pringles flavors are? <laughs> now I feel like you're just going to start making shit up. You're like, glue! Canadian horseradish! What, you don't like tiger prawn and crushed garlic? You're not fucking... Are you fucking with me right now? Um, nope. Do you like spicy Cajun? That could be anything. No. Spicy chicken? Ooh. Ooh. The K- no, the Cajun. I, fuck spicy chicken. 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 Um, what about uh, shrimp flavored? Nope. Uh, hey, uh, I you was want with some, you, I was you, want with some... you on all of them until you said shrimp potato chips. Oh, are you sure you don't want some seaweed flavored Pringles? That was definitely in Japan. Yep. 
And what about soft-shelled crab? Oh, you're the fucking worst. This started off as a show about positivity, and then you bring up crab Pringles. There's a pr- there's one there's a flavor that's just called Rock the Floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would prefer if it was Rock the Vote. Here's your Rock the Vote prank. Ah, oh, damn it! This episode's coming out after the votes happen, but oh, you better have fucking voted this Tuesday, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Philly cheesesteak prawn cocktail. I thought that was all one thing you were talking about, and I got real scared. They have an onion blossom flavor Pringles. I can only assume that this is Australian. A bloomin' onion fucking Pringles. There's one called Old American Circus Funky Mustard. Okay, before you you keep fucking going on with your Pringles tasting, let's move on to my thing. Hold on, I need to send you Funky Mustard. (laughs) I gotta show you the Funky Mustard. It's just, it's a fire can. Let me see the pro. Oh my god, they're terrible. Is that a miniature can or a very wide can of Pringles? It's a tiny can. I have one last quick thing to say. The man that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, Frederick Bauer, who basically dreamed up and was the man who created Pringles from the idea that Procter & Gamble wanted, he passed away in 2008. Rest in peace. Ten-year anniversary. And some of his ashes were buried in a Pringles can. I was afraid you were going to say, like, his ashes were put into some Pringles that one lucky fan got to consume. My favorite flavor of Pringles, dead guy. Is, uh, is Bauer. Bauer flavored Pringles. No, he brought this up to his son, like, 30 years before he died. And he said, hey, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna need to bury me in a Pringles can. No, wait. Uh, that's a good joke, Dad. Yeah. No, I'm serious, boy. <laughs> you said only partial part of him was in a Pringles can. Well, he was cremated, and about half of his ashes were put in a Pringles can, and half of his ashes were with, left with his family. No, no. Here's what I want instead. He wasn't cremated. He was buried with his hand tucked inside that's a good. Pringles can. <laughs> That's how oh, he died. So he couldn't get his hands out. He, so he's con- in a continual state of the fun not stopping. Of trying to get the last chip. That last chip. All right, let's move on to my thing. And my thing is something that's not going to work well with Pringles. And it's the concept of aging. And I don't mean aging as a person, although that can work as well. I'm talking about aging like a whiskey or aging wine, where like... My boy, have you never had fine-aged Pringles? (laughs) In in an oak cask. No, it's just... Something is so beautiful, and when I can relate something back to humanity... It's so good, and the fact of, like, an oak cask over the years, the whiskey will pick up the flavors of it, and aging allows, like, wines to pick up the flavor of what it's in, reminds me of, like, 
as we age, we pick up the flavors of the environments we're in and the people we're in. And quit laughing at me, you piece of shit. I'm trying to make this emotion. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's great. I love it. I've just had a really bad, like, intrusive thought. It's just like, yeah, we've all picked up some smells over our time, haven't we? <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, um, this is going to get weird, but I, st- I want to write, like, a poem talking about, you know, people being like whiskey. Like, that'd now, be a country song, like, my girls like whiskey. That would definitely be a country song. Yeah, and it's just like, she ain't fresh. She ain't, you know, a, a, you ain't a spring chicken. She's picked up age of what's happened. And, like, those are the kind of people I like. Those are the people I love to be around are the ones where you can look at them and be like, something fucking happened. Like, you don't even have to talk to them long before you're like, okay, tell me about age eight. Isn't that specifically how uh, bourbon was created? Because it's aged in a specific, like, a charred uh, barrel, right? Um, The specific reason that it is bourbon is bourbon and not anything else is the uh, mash bill. It has to be at least 50% corn inside of it as opposed to rye or anything else if it's 50 percent rye it becomes a rye whiskey 50 percent corn it becomes a bourbon it used to be that it had to be distilled in america or kentucky i think to be considered a bourbon but ever since why the fuck has this become whiskey talk with the uh, bs now there are i love there are fucking legal requirements for this i did not know oh it, yeah and it specifies new charred oak containers oh yeah why does it have to be new? Because you don't want the scent from old. My favorite thing, though, is do you know what they do with the old bourbon ba- barrels? You can't burn them. They sell them to beer companies or wine companies or possibly if you're going to make like a rye whiskey. That way you can say it is bourbon. It's aged in a bourbon barrel. So it adds that flavor to it. Oh, or if you're Jack Daniels. You just take that wood, squeeze it real hard, and get all that whiskey out of it and call it the devil's cut. cut. Um, And Salty Frank going back to the Pringles well by saying, what's more beautiful than hiding some Pringles from your family, forgetting about it, and a year later later finding some more fine-aged flavor-sealed Pringles. Have you ever eaten old candy? This is getting off concept. Um, What's mm. the oldest candy you've ever eaten? Because I guarantee I can beat you. Probably, because I don't remember, like, specifically, because there's been times where I've gone back to the Halloween Bowl um, about two Halloweens after I know that I got some of that original candy in there, and it's been like, this is probably still good. See, with me, I know what it is, and it is, I have a, like, a ten-year-old Mountain Dew sitting on my... (laughs) sitting on my shelf right now that I could crack into and just be like, ah, delicious. Um, But no, it was an eight-year-old packet of M&Ms, and I got to school one day, and did your school just immediately let you walk in, or did you like to have to hang out in a courtyard before they let you in? We had to hang out in the opening to the auditorium. Um, Yeah, well, we hung out in like this courtyard, and they were all gathered in a circle, and they were like, we got some 12-year-old M&M's. Fucking what? Let me have some. 
And through my own conniving, I managed to procure the entire pack of old M&Ms, and I ate them all. Holy shit, Salty Frank ate candy that was 14 years old when he was 12. He ate candy older than him. That's boss as fuck. That's fucking nice. Now, were these, did these M&Ms that you had, did they suffer from the common, like, old M&M um, problem oh, where they, they just turn into dust? Yes, they were dust. Thank you very much. They were pure dust. Blake, should I try my barrel-aged Mountain Dew? Since Please. We're talking- Yes. Okay. I would also like to say that I learned that fact from Steve1998, who reviews uh, Meals Ready to Eat on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Check out Steve1998. I'll be right back. All right, sorry for the delay. I thought that would take a lot less time than it did until I realized that this is a Mountain Dew with a pry-off cap. Oh, boy, it's... Oh my god, it's a special edition. Oh, these are special edition Mountain Dews from... I think 2009. This is a nine-year-old Mountain Dew. Those came out when we were in high school. Also, I got some Pringles when I got my bottle opener. And for some reason, Mercy is on them. Because why not? You got to get that Overwatch hype. Yeah. Um, Heroes never chew. What? I... I've spent the first half of this conversation just so sad that I don't have any whiskey with me right now. Oh, yeah. Like, that that's that's basically why I did it. I was like, I just <laughs> want whiskey. Because all I have is rum. All right. Time to pop the top. Oh, I heard the... I heard the good old... of an opening, but... Oh, nice hiss. A good a good hiss on this one, and it's dripping all over my leg. I now have fifty diseases. Nice. Well, okay, give it a smell test. Well, no, it's not even open yet. Give oh, me a few no. more minutes, because this this bottle opener leaves something to be desired. Oh boy, there's gonna be some heavy edits on this episode, Blake. There we go. Okay, we've got it open. After What's it, uh... too much work. Blake, while I'm doing the, uh, my own little flavor test, would you mind Googling how actual old this is? Because I think it's 2009. Uh, yeah. Because it was part of... they. Uh, I used to have five of these, but it's down to only two now. Because I left three of them in my fridge in college. Fair enough. Let's give Metal it Mountain Dew... What's the smell? Oh, it's a... There's a little bit of that lemon-lime, but... I don't know if it's because it's in a metal container, and that's what I'm smelling, but... Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot going on here. I'm gonna... I found... I've got this shot glass next to me, so... Maybe I could just take a shot of it? Because I do want to see the color and if it's affected anything. It's still fizzing. Wow, I did not expect a fizz to come from it. So there's a little bit of carbonation left in there. Nope, that metal spell, it the metal smell is still there even oh, when it's no. out. Give it give it a tiny sip first. Yeah, I don't want to go full hog on this, but I may have to. Um the original was released in 2007. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so that is 
that could potentially be anywhere between nine to eleven years old. You know what it it don't taste all the way sour, but it tastes sour enough that I don't want to drink it. That's fair. Um Oh let's see, oh, volume god. one released oh, in Oh god. Wait, can you show me what the uh the art is again? Yeah, it's like this America that. shit. The star. I think I don't see that one listed on the website, so that might have been a very like a more special edition one. Like a two thousand and nine. Let's try another yeah. sip. Oh, okay. Yep. Nope. 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 Oh nope. The second. Oh. Oh, the second sip proved it. The second sip proved that it was bad. Oof. Oh. 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 You're right. You're oh. right there, bud. Hmm. Yep. I got. Oh. You want to keep talking about whiskey aging again? Well, no. Here's the thing. The reason I bring this up is because not only is, like, whiskey aged in barrels, not only is wine aged, not only is a lot of things aged, my favorite thing in the world, Blake Tanner, is also aged for a year, and that is parmesan fucking cheese and we're oh, about to learn no <laughs> and we're about oh. to here is how you make parmesan cheese step one you collect the evening milk wait this whole thing this whole segue this everything was a setup for the fact that you put way too much parmesan on your pizza no 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 Aging, th- things being aged is the thing. Cheese is just an additional option on here. He puts way too much Parmesan on his pizza. I, I don't put too much. I put the <laughs> Lord's amount. You open the cap sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, step one, you collect the evening milk. This is from Parmesan.org, by the way. Or .com, I think. Parmesan. <laughs> I'm not lying. Parmesan.com exists. You collect the evening milk. You let it rest in trays and the cream rises. The cream rises to the top. You skim and then add the morning milk. Then you remove the whey, add rennet, break up the curds, cook it and knit it together. What the fuck? It says cheesemakers deliver twins. So you take the curd and cut it in half. Then you hang the cheese to dry, add a birth certificate, brine it. So Parmesan is actually brined for 24 hours in a sea salt solution. And then you age it for one fucking year. Every 10 days, a wheel is carefully wiped, brushed, and turned. And then finally, they fucking brand it. Blake Tanner. You say I'm disrespecting my pizza by putting cheese on it. I'm saying I'm disrespecting pizza by putting cheese on it. This was a work of art that took one year of constant turning, scraping, working. Same with whiskey. Same with wine. This is art that I'm consuming when I put too much Parmesan on my pizza. 
And that's why I love aged things, because it's something that takes care. That's so, fine. That's cool. Uh, I still don't like Parmesan cheese, but I understand. You're the fucking worst. So, Piece of shit. Blake Tanner. Positivity. <laughs> Positivity. I will say, there was a moment during, probably near the end of the first segment, where I was like, for a positive episode, this has kind of like got this... I don't want to say dour, but almost like this calmness that's not usually present in the BS. And I was like, well, that's joy. Like, there's a difference between fun and, like, one of my favorite quotes I got from Dragon Con was trade fun for joy. And it was somebody talking about having a baby, and that's what it took, was trading fun, like going out for the weekends, for joy, which is the joy of raising a child. And I feel like that's what this episode was. We traded the normal fun of BS where we just talk about our ding-dongs for an hour for the joy of just sitting back and being like, yeah, I do enjoy Stardew Valley. Or fuck yeah, cheese is awesome. I bet you've been telling yourself that a lot, hadn't you? (laughs) Look, man, I'm about to have to trade a lot of fun for joy. (laughs) I think I think it's true though. I think that definitely has some merit though. Like fun is something that is much more fleeting than joy. Oh yeah. I I feel like and the thing is joy is more quiet. Fun <laughs> has to announce itself to everybody. Fun has to be like fuck you, I'm fun. Whereas joy can just be quiet and in the background, it's like, I got joy. I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And um, I'm really, I'm happy we did this one. This is, yeah, this was a good, good turn. Yeah. And this was just kind of a nice kind of way to deflate before the horribly stressful elections coming up next week. Go vote! I thought, or oh, already vote. Yeah, I thought you have meant, voted. I thought you meant the stress of defeating the podcast Illuminati, but yeah, sure, Blake, that too. Also, I may be poisoned from Mountain Dew. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, if you start getting some heavy sweats, just go on and go on head to the hospital. I like you know me so well, you had to specify heavy sweat. You're like, you look, normal sweat's gonna happen. You're in front of that hot light. Yeah, I know what that room like. So, Blake, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me um, at Stardew Valley. There's no internet in Stardew Valley, so don't try to reach me. And you can find me in a local hospital getting my stomach pumped from that garbage-ass Mountain Dew I just drank. Or on Twitter at Scotty Mo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, the Quiesel Corp Trilogy, B.S versus the gods or get them on audible audibletrial.com slash bs network check that out check out all the other shows at a load of pure bs and remember to donate on the patreon or pick up some merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com ladies and gentlemen of course remember to rate comment subscribe your ratings are what we need to defeat the podcast illuminati your subscriptions will help us defeat them. We need the numbers, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, Blake Tanner, it's been fun. Woo! It does have an expiration date on the bottom, and it does say September 15th, 2008. So, yeah. It expired 10 years ago. Yeah. 
that it probably also released that year. What what was the month? September, so it probably released around July 4th. Yeah. Well, I wonder why it probably released around. So, yeah. Yeah. That's about 10 years, boy. 